All right, welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We have a great food for thought episode for you today, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Back to Max Effort Kitchen. I am your host, Chef Matt, and I am joined by my host, my host, uh, the host, (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, oh man, the host, uh, LeSean Throntan, also known as Rico Manhammer. (laughs) So, holy moly, (laughs) yeah, I, um, I I was uh, just playing around before you, you got on here, and I was like, Oh, let's go to an adult film star ge- uh, name generator. And I just typed your name in, and oh. it said, oh. you would be Rico Manhammer. And then I typed my name in there, and I was Axel Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> so Well, that. I named my Zelda horse after you, and its name is Lip Bomb. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, oh, Matt, Lip Bomb. <laughs> Solid. I'll take <laughs> that. Looks like you. I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Jackson, whenever he can create a character, he always creates me. And he's like, Dad, I created you. Look. And it's always like, <laughs> it's always like aviators and a big old like mustache or beard and like yeah. muscles with no shirt on. I'm like, dude, yeah. uh, that, that's, I'm, I don't ever take my shirt off. So. This is a big, it was like a big chested horse that <laughs> didn't have a mane. That's fantastic. So I was like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect, dude. I love it. Um, so, uh, Sean, um, big question here. What did you eat for dinner? Well, had chili mm. Mm. week night, ground beef, chili. Use some of that leftover ribs that I smoked on Sunday in, the, in there as well. Pinto okay. beans. That's an interesting thing. We didn't have any kidney. It was delicious. Rich. Five alarm. Five alarm chili. So did Five you alarm? <laughs> Five alarm. Ooh. I've never understood that one. But did you make it did you make it spicy though? Yeah. Yeah. I I amped mine up. Yeah. What do you I use for spice too, yeah. in, in your chili? Well, it's it's dry stuff. Okay. You know, so but but like a dry like a smoked smoky chipotle yeah. uh, ancho chili powder. Yeah. Yep. Um but I also increased mine with some vinegar. Uh, nice. It was like, I don't know what the brand was. It was like Victoria or something like that. Okay. Hot sauce. Okay. Some avocado on there. I put some cabbage on there because we had it in there. I was looking nice. for some texture. Yeah, I don't know. Just like some crunch on the top. I, you know, I think uh, avocado is something that is not used enough on chili because I think it's, it's a, it works. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Some fresh mm-hmm. avocado, some like sour cream, like on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Thinly and, sliced jalapenos. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. I use for for my spice. I like to just take the the uh, smoked jalapenos out of the ancho ancho sauce. Or I'm saying that wrong. Sorry. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Out of the chipotle can basically, and use those. Yeah. And they always become more. There, it always makes it a little more spicy. Oh, those are hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I they it, build too. They definitely build, but. It creates a bit of a, a complex flavor, and I like that. Now, you use ground beef and uh, rib meat. Mm-hmm. It's a good move. Yeah. I mean, this leftover smoked ribs, mm-hmm. it went really well. I mean, we used – obviously, there was the chipotle sauce. It added more smoke to it. 
Um, we used a little bit of smoked paprika too. Okay. So I love that part of it. It was, it was rich. Um, I, it was a great way to reuse my rib meat that I didn't really know what to do with. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's going to be better tomorrow. It is. Chilly. That's the way that works, man. Like it soups, yeah. anything. It's always better tomorrow. Now, um, I've met some people that are widely against putting, uh, vegetables in, chili now what's your hmm. what's your take on that do you guys put vegetables in well there? like anything else <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you it's fucking chili yeah it is you're right you're it's right. like i mean there's vegetarian chili you can't say that's not it's got all the seasoning the flavoring yeah it's good yeah yeah i put we didn't put any in this one we wanted more of just like a classic like meat sauce yeah it, it's nice and thick. It could, it's going to be utilized tomorrow with some homemade mac and cheese that we made on Sunday. Oh, oh, chili mac, chili mac, uh, chili mac tomorrow. Dude. You can. It's it's thick enough that it could be you know your sloppy joes. Uh-huh. You know it could be that. And I love sloppy joe, especially that manwich sloppy joes, oh, dude. dude. Manwich sloppy joes. I can get down on that stuff so hard. Like oh, it's dangerous. It is so dangerous. But I'll tell you after. Ah, after I'm so sloppy for you. <laughs> after I do, my farts will smell like gasoline, straight gasoline, yeah. and it's like so. Alana's kind of banned it from the yeah. house because she's like, I can't handle this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the first dude. time I had it, I was like twenty one, twenty two. And my buddy was like, yo, let's do this here. I was like, all right, I never had it. It was one pound of meat, one can of chili. I ate so much. It was a laughing, it was a laugh riot because I never had something so good. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so easy and I love it to death. You know, I mean, growing up, we used to eat it a lot, so why not? Um, so, I mean, uh, I did, <laughs> of, let's see, a little backstory here. One of my favorite, uh, I don't even know, I'm going to say brunch uh, menu items is a Monte Cristo. Okay. So oh, yeah. I was making French toast for the kids and I'm like, man, I really wish I had the stuff for that. I didn't have the, the uh, classic makings for it, but what I did have is I had pulled pork and I had some, oh. uh, I had some provolone. And so I basically made a Monte Cristo with the, uh, you know, French toast as being the buns with some pulled pork, uh, some uh, provolone cheese, and I just put it in the oven under the broiler, let that stuff melt after I made it, and, and then just ate it with a fork with a little bit of... Oh, and I took... We had, we had someone drop off a bunch of, like, uh, Mount Hood strawberries. And if you know how those come, they're, like, yeah. tiny, and they go yeah, bad yeah. really quick. And so uh, what I did was I actually made a made a, a syrup out of it so maddie because maddie likes to make um strawberry lemonades and so i made a syrup out of it so i mm-hmm. used that on top which was quite interesting because the tartness oh, of yeah. that on the pork was really good so okay so you made a syrup but you didn't add you didn't turn it to like a jelly no what i did was okay. i took the strawberries threw them in a pan i did like a maybe out of a quarter cup of water uh, a tablespoon of of white sugar and I put uh, a little bit of uh, ginger in there, uh, ground ginger, and some uh, cinnamon. And I just let that steep for a little bit, um, threw it in the blender, blended it up, uh, put it through the, uh, the sieve a couple times to get all the seeds and everything out of it. And it, it turned out really well. 
Um, it's a great little like simple syrup for basically, we mm-hmm. don't drink that often, so I can't say I'm making cocktails with it, but if I wanted to, I guess I could. Um, but yeah, that'd be good. yeah, no, it's so that was my little, my dinner. Um, and it was very eaten very quickly. And, uh, then I jumped out here, but I kind of want to get back. Um, we, I know we've talked about the Cincinnati chili, but I want a little bit more explanation on, uh, your, why do they call it, do they call it chili because you're putting the beans on there? I think it's called chili because of the dry ingredients. Okay. It, it has it has all the elements that you put. It's it has chili powder. Right. It has cumin. Right. The thing is, it adds way more. It goes a little heavy with the like. It's more paprika, mm-hmm. and then obviously it has it will use cocoa powder. Right. Um, so you you're putting a sweetness to it, a richness to it. It's sort of like. And homage, like just like a a bun, like a melting pot of spices put into one. Okay. In the end, I think it's a chili because it's meat, it's saucy, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. I know it's the way that they make it. Like as they put it on pasta, it becomes like a little bizarre at that point. But some chili could be eaten with rice. Really, um, sometimes people put rice in their chili. Yeah, and just have it cooked in there. Yeah. So traditionally think- here at the house, like. Alana, she won't eat chili on its own. She has to put it either yeah. over rice or, uh, like, she'll do it over chips. Like she'll Chips is pork, great on pork. top of cornbread. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that on cornbread. Uh, hmm. It's So I think the beans make it seem more chili-like, but, you know, like, Texas chili doesn't use any beans. Right. It's all meat. You know, like, it's just big meat. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, like, we were talking about, like, I mean, chili's amazing and it's so diverse. It's, it can be made that meet other kinds of cultures, flavors, too. Yeah. I think, like, it's mostly seen as, like, a smoky, rich stew. Yeah. And it's, I think you can interpret a lot from that. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. Um, because we, I think we all tend to fall into these very traditional lines of what, Um, a certain dish is based off of either like how we grew up eating it or what, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. what society says it is, what regionally, where you, where you live, that dictates it a lot. Um, but I've always had this, um, outlook on food that I don't like, not, it's not that I don't like to follow traditions because I do find a very big value in traditional mage stuff, but I like to press the box of what, I can do with a traditional thing. And that's exactly what you're saying. Like I, you know, I love to put, you know, and and this, this is probably going to irritate some people, but like my chili is like ground beef. And then I take two cans of like uh, a baked beans and I throw them in there. Um, I do a whole jalapeno. I do some brown sugar. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll do uh, one time I tried coffee in there. I don't recommend that. (laughs) It got very bitter. And, uh, so mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't mess with that anymore, but like, I really like to press the box. And I think that that's where a lot of my creativity comes from. Generally, when I'm, when I'm thinking about food is like, I'm, I have the traditional dish in my head, but I'm not following that and I'm okay with it. It's interesting when people are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think, I mean, I think there's some elements I mean, like the existence of it, like it's it's utilizing 
dried seasoning mm-hmm. and it's spicy. Usually it's like a way to like utilize these pieces that you have into something that's homogenous. Yeah. I think it's definitely a Northern Mexico, Southern Texas dish, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then from there, I think it just be interpreted in many different ways. I think you can just like take it at its base and then just kind of like expand it. Like, how is it going to make you feel? Yeah. Today? You know, it's like, most people think of it with kidney beans, but mm-hmm. it's often pinto beans. Right. You know, like right, right. it's usually beef, but there's actually chicken chili. Yeah. You know, like with cannellini beans. So oh, white chili. I don't I know. There's that. just a, yeah, yeah. White chili are like like black bean soup. Right. Has so many chili elements to it. It really does as well. Well, and then that reminds that, that like makes me think. Okay, so. Um, culturally, each culture probably has their own version of chili. Would you? Would it be too far fetched to say that mole mole sauce is almost a version of a chili base? It's yeah. I mean, it's closer to Cincinnati chili. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I say that because so Alana and I went out to, to like a very quick happy hour on Saturday, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the things we ordered at this restaurant was uh, it was a bowl of chips smothered in mole sauce and a bunch of queso fresco and cilantro on top. And that's all it was. And you just picked them up and you ate them like nachos almost. And it was really freaking good. Yeah. They yeah. also make really good uh, mole sauce. Hell yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, chili, uh, also chili's the day after or three days later. Yeah. Like, it's like, you could like make it, freeze it and like pull it out. A month later, and you have something pretty incredible. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I do. I do firmly believe in letting stuff like that sit in for a day, and yeah. it's only it's only better. And if if you're the person that's like, oh, I hate leftovers, don't look at this as leftovers. Look at this as all the ingredients just kind of like coming together and being one, because that's what it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you can make it good on top of eggs. Ah, yeah, everything. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love food like what that. What else is the uh, – oh, another thing I like about chili is college years, uh, crockpots. And oh, you could just yeah. fucking have chili for <laughs> yes. three fucking days. Yeah. And, you know, you it was like such a thing where like, oh, I can I can put all the ingredients in the morning and I come home from school and it's ready and it's there. And I'm like – Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could just keep eating of it, keep it on warm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. I love food like that. I love food that that you can interpret in many different ways. And, uh, you know, just break that ceiling open. You know, if if, just break it open. Yeah, just try things. And, uh, you know, you may get mocked. I get mocked all the time for the things I try, but that's okay. (laughs) I I dig it. And um, so, switching gears here, as we're talking about being mocked for things, um, you made a comment earlier today. About Mr. Mark Hamill, <laughs> you are starting. Sounds like a swimmer, right? I, I know. That's definitely a swimmer. <laughs> you okay? So, because of your son, you are starting a journey of down the down the Star Wars path, right? Uh, he's just expressed interest from some books. Yeah, okay. you know, just like some kids' books that come from the library. Yeah, and so he's been into Star Wars. He's in a lot of things, and then. There's Star Wars movies. He knows about it. And we there's this Common Sense Media um, website that's really good for parents out there to analyze film and just get details about the film before you watch it to know if it's suitable for the kind of I like that. 
abilities you have, your kids have for reasoning film and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Common Sense Media, and also if you're part of the member, if you're in the library, you can get better access to it with your library card. Shouts, the libraries. Uh, hey, uh, listen, you are yeah. spot on with that. Because yeah. we took uh, the kids to the library last week, and dude, Jack rented a, a video game for the uh, for the Switch. Like, I got Whoa. a book. Maddie got a book. Alana's like looking at the DVDs. Like, you can you can rent stuff. You rent it. You can get access to audiobooks for yeah. free. Yeah. Okay. Through Libby, you can get um, the streaming service, which is escaping my mind it's to watch film and tv shows a lot of interesting stuff good documentaries yep um and then new york times subscription you have to reload it every 48 hours but i mean think you can read the new york times just logging in with your library card i will say the new york times is one of my favorite spots to go for uh recipes and just like food talk in general yeah their food stuff is great it food really talks is. are awesome yeah yeah it, it is good stuff so anybody out there if you haven't explored that go at it but we're gonna go back to mark library. hamill and you you made a comment of why he sucks so <laughs> bad <laughs> go okay. go forth with with yeah. this oh all right so i watched Star Wars, which was just called Star Wars when we were younger, and now it's called The New Hope, right? The New Hope. Well, it was always The New Hope, but yes, it was labeled The Star Wars A New Hope. So that was the number one. Oh, really? yeah. I always just remember just saying Star Wars, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, so I gotta say, like, the movie starts you off with no character development. It just throws you into this situation. Yep. And it's like asking a lot out of the viewer to buy into it right away. So there's like an immediate like story issue that I see in it. But Mark Hamill shows up and you know that he's talented because he's known as a great pilot. He yields a lifesaver really well right away. But he acts like a complete idiot. (laughs) And his style is pathetic. Yeah. Like he doesn't, his energy is like Bozo, the clown, and his facial expressions, the way he moves with the words. Like, I'm just like, I want to know, I want to go to the boardroom and be like, why'd you pick him? Maybe it was his so like pathetic like vibe that makes, they thought would make him more lovable for okay. when it all gets. I'm just trying to figure out like why they picked it because there's other parts where you're like, okay, that person's doing a pretty good job acting. Yeah. Um, you know, that's really good at really good at the lines. You know, you can tell that they're, they have some skill level there. And this is like, I don't know if he's ever acted before. I don't know. Yeah. I think it kind of, it's kind of weird. Like they didn't take it seriously enough or something. Well, you know, maybe that's what they wanted. It's tough because you know, the, the whole idea of the story is that he was kind of an orphan because he was being raised by his aunt and uncle. And he had this level of aggression that he didn't know how to yield quite yet because, you know, the force was so thick in him and his dad went to the dark side and, and all this stuff, but he didn't know that. Um, and if you watch, as, you, as you're watching through, if you're going to watch all of them, and you go back to the ones that were made in 99 to 2005, which were the stories prior to The New Hope, you mm-hmm. see a lot of the same um, acting in Darth Vader's character or Anakin Skywalker, his character is very, 
weirdly aggressive, bozo-y, not, it almost seems like, God, you're a baby, you know? Like, I find myself feeling like, mm-hmm. dude, you're a child. What, what, what are you getting so mad about, you know? Like, and there, there's a, a something as a perspective of when that first movie came out in 1977. I think we, you know, look at the teenagers then and, and maybe the, the idea of what a teenager is. I remember watching that show and being like, Mark Hamill was a lot like my older brother, just overly aggressive, really emotional, said stupid shit. And I'm like, I wonder what the, what the connection is there. But, mm-hmm. you know, 1977, I can't imagine there was a ton of good sci-fi action, um, you know, stars out there, <laughs> peep actors, you know, I, I think like, I don't think Mark Hamill was ever a star, honestly. From, no, I don't. Star think. Wars was a star. The and That's what made him. Obviously, Harrison Ford is a star. Yeah. But, he was pretty young in that, though, too. Yes. Jeez, he looks so good. <laughs> this is crazy how. I know, right? He is. Well, then you go into, yeah. into Indiana Jones, and, he's, and then he, he brings on this, like, you know, in Star Wars, he's like this young, like, hunk with the hair and then you go into the um the indiana jones and he's got this manliness about him all of a sudden mm, like this yeah. masculinity almost yeah and and so i haven't rewatched those yet i'm nervous still uh, I, I don't oh, want to ruin it did, yeah. did you like those growing up yeah 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 and i just know that as i've grown older i don't appreciate harrison ford's uh stuff so I, i'm i guess i would be i don't want to ruin the nostalgia that i have for it okay it's like you loved it, but it's like rewatching it now. I don't know. I don't know. There's a few things that Star Wars kind of bother me. Okay. Like, and I feel like Indiana Jones might be the same thing. Like, and I know it's a time frame thing, but it's just these white guys, and it just is sort of like, eh. Um, I guess I'm just looking for something a little more dynamic sometimes. Yeah. I feel like the Star Wars story is the love stuff is really treacherous. It (laughs) It hurts. It it, Okay. I actually heard, or did I read it? I don't remember. It was the other day. Someone was like, um, how do you prepare your kids for, uh, star Wars? Or maybe you said it. How do you prepare your kids for the questions that are going to come when Luke Skywalker makes out with his sister? Yeah, I have said that. Yeah. But is that really what's going on there? Yeah. Like, that is true, right? Yeah, so basically the idea is that Harrison Ford and Luke Skywalker both come upon this princess. Nobody knows who, who or where she comes from, and they're both like kind of like, ooh, no, I'm going to get her. No, I'm going to get her. No, I'm yeah, going to get her. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't. It is horrible. <laughs> it is absolutely horrible. But it, it yeah. takes you back to the 70s and where their like, free love was all about. I still don't know the angle of where George Lucas was going with that because <laughs> what, why are we doing this? Problems. Yeah. He doesn't know how to write love and love words about love. Like it would be like me writing about love. I can't do that. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. And I've seen some of those other star Wars that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's like a scene where like Annika's like rolling in like high weeds. And I, I don't like, he's the, woman of interest yeah and just the way that they embrace is well maybe that's what's supposed to be naive you know um is luke skywalker in those newer one in the ones that came out in 99 was he like a little kid and he had no. like a friend no they don't no. have him in there they have anakin as they started out with anakin as a very very small kid 
Um, and that kid actor. Yeah. That movie is tough yes. to watch. Yes. And yes. Jar Jar Binks, right? Oh boy, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. The wor- I mean, he's labeled as the worst Star Wars character. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I uh he, he's hard to watch. You're right. I find humor in him. And that's that's how I watch it. I see the humor. I see like, okay, I don't find him funny, but I'm like, I get what they're trying to do with the humor of it. Um, but it's uh, it's a tough one to watch for sure. I I have a question of, about the fiction. Okay. Why are there humans in other galaxies? Okay. Wherever this is taking place, and when they go to that bar, and there's all those strange characters. Yes. Why do they look the way they look? Yeah, like know. it. That's like some random shit that I just like feel like. I've watched seven movies from the seventies, great sci-fi, where you give a little more effort into the whole story. Yeah, I guess, yeah. and maybe there is in other sectors that you can learn about Star Wars. There is, you know, there's there's the books that probably go into it a little bit more. Um, I think it was just George Lucas's imagination on what maybe um, different species should look like. I mean, you see a lot of ET. <laughs> you, see, I, you see a lot I, of ET in there. You know what I mean? There's there's characters that resemble like the ET kind yeah. of their look, and ah, I don't know. I don't know. It's I, hilarious. I wish we could get into the head of George Lucas and be like, "What were you thinking with this?" Like, I want to know those things. Yeah, I know. There's a couple. It uh, seems all kind of random. There's a couple documentaries out there where they they try to do it, and he just doesn't give up much, and. Mm-hmm. uh yeah, I've never, I've never dive like dove into that idea of why they look the way they look, because there's like that one weird like hammerhead guy, like why yeah. the spiky yeah. head guy, like it's just yeah. And then there's humans, and then there's and humans. then there's a scene in that where it's like we don't want your kind around here to like C three PO yeah and R two D two yeah and I'm like oh shit anti robots anti droids like they look any more weird than you racism at its best right. <laughs> um, um, I tell you what the movie did do is that? it made me want to watch Spaceballs as soon as possible. Oh, dude, one of my favorites. I, re- I don't know the movie that well, Star Wars, but because of Spaceballs, when things happen in Star Wars, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, Spaceballs. Um, I don't even know if I should say this out loud, but it it holds a special place in my life. Um, I watched it when I was going, becoming, uh, going from a boy to a, uh, young, young man. And it might've <laughs> given me my first boner. <laughs> and I, I remember that. I, I think re- I know what you're talking yeah, about. I remember that whole thing. And I was like, what is go? Oh, oh. And like, <laughs> it was like the start of like, I've. I'm finding sexual attraction in things. And so it was is that because of pizza, the hut. No, <laughs> but, but pizza, the hut is one of the, it's such, he's such a weird character. And it's so gross to hey, watch him. The, eats, eats his pizza. I was telling Sebi because there's the boardroom meeting mm-hmm. in star Wars. And I was like, I know this because of the, the same meeting as Spaceballs where he finds out that everybody's named asshole. <laughs> Dude. Oh, I forgot about that. It's scene. like, what the fuck? <laughs> We're all assholes. We're all assholes. 
Oh, that movie. That was, I think, one of my... That's probably one of the best spoof movies I, out there. I, I can't think... It's of, high up there. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, that's there. I like, you know, Airplane's a spoof movie. Um, so in the late 70s, there was like a- Airport 77, okay. Airport 79. Okay. These are big budget uh, disaster movies at the airport, plane stuff, often like crash one planes crashing into terminals and stuff. Okay. Um, and so they took that, those films, like Airport 77 at the time was huge. They took that to expand to make Airplane. See, I did not know that. I I had, I had yeah. no idea that was a spoof movie. I just thought it was brilliant because mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, yeah. Leslie, Leslie Nielsen is, is his, oh. his, his form of comedy is mm-hmm. brilliant, if you ask me. I don't know. I, it I, is a naked gun. Is a maybe it's not a spoof. No, I don't know. Mm. Anyways, you know, it's that's why, and I think I said that to you today. Like, but you it sounds like you may have seen you may have seen the New Hope or at least enough of it. But like, you you just got to go into it with very very low expectations. I remember <laughs> when I rewatched it as an adult, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is crap." Because they look, mm-hmm. you, you can tell they're in a cardboard box when they're in the Millennium Falcon, and yeah. and they're just like yeah. kind of moving around with it. And I'm like, and then, you know, another thing with the character development is, what the hell's a Wookiee? Like, mm. you know, like it was the era of like uh, Bigfoot, and so are we trying to like play on that? And yeah, why is it such question. a lovable character? And that's yeah, it's interesting. What about those little things with the red eyes that are little oh, together? Oh, the jar, uh, not jar jars. Uh, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. The ones that, that pick up all the scraps. They're like, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're funny. I don't know. I don't know what they're, those they're not good. No, but they're funny. Like, it's like, and it's just these, these ideas. I don't know. I've always wondered where it comes from. The creativity. I think it's great. I kind of like the rustic. We didn't have the money. We got we had enough money, but we didn't have the side. We didn't have like the technology to make it perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a good part of that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. They just made it work, and uh, then Disney got a hold of it, and it turned it upside down. So, <laughs> so yeah, like he sells it, and now like these new these new ones aren't George Lucas. No, they're just it's Disney owns it. They got other people doing it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I did read an article about Mark Hamill and how he was saying that. He was like, you know, uh, we've had enough of Luke Skywalker. We don't need him anymore. Because people keep trying to want, like, Disney to bring him back and bring him back. Keep bringing him back. Put him in the Mandalorian. Put him in all this stuff. And Mark Hamill's like, he served his purpose and was talking about how he almost was like, I wish I could go back and change his role. Because we don't need him. And I thought that was an interesting thought because. Interesting. Especially from the actor. Like there was just like yeah. everything was built around Luke Skywalker in Star with well, the first three Star Wars, and so I don't know that was uh, that was an interesting comment that I saw from him. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, it, it is what it is, and it's it for me. It's nostalgia. Um, I I will go back to the Indiana Jones thing because we do watch that quite often. Alana's favorite movies, and we don't watch it. It's like background stuff. It'll be on on a Saturday morning, or it'll. You know, if we see it, we'll just pop in at any time type thing. Yeah. It, it so doesn't. You're, you're still enjoying them. I do. Yeah, I do. 
but also I didn't um, as a kid I didn't have huge expectations or huge like a love for Indiana Jones. I think I grew that love the more I watched it as an adult and understood like where where it was coming from and all that fun stuff. Um, I one of our coworkers recently just saw it in the theater as like a a reboot type thing, and uh, he was like. Uh, just enamored by being able to see it on the big screen. So that's one thing I do is when they do come out with a new Star Wars, that's the, generally that's what I go to a movie theater for is something like that. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then yeah, I don't really watch them anymore. I've done the whole thing of watching from start to finish, and it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It's a big time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Switching gears yet again, <clears throat> we were talking, we were having a conversation about, um, you know, the meat we buy in the store versus what we butcher on our own. And you've experienced this and I've experienced it and pretty much everybody I've talked to has experienced this. But the idea that um, if we were to raise our own pig, get it butchered, process it ourselves, the taste on that is widely different than what we get in the stores versus, you know, and what they're mass producing. And there's a, there's a whole lot of debate about it, but like what, you know, in your opinion, like what, what do you think? What do you think that is? What do you think? It's I don't know. I mean, there's like these, I don't know. It's interesting. So like we, I just use some pork from a, yeah, that kind of situation is from a, someone had a butchered and right. I, I, there was a few mistakes in in how it was it was kind of mishandled in the butchering um, on the ribs. Mm-hmm. The short ribs just had some spare ribs. Sorry, just had some mistakes, clear mistakes. But you work with it. It was leaner than I think I'm really used to. Okay. So I guess maybe that's what it is. It's probably like its speed, right? Yeah. It's it's probably all the corn that we grow for animals right. to eat. Right. Right, animal corn that like dominates Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's that. It's just like the effort to buffer them up, get them big before the butcher. I don't know. And I mean, I I guess my question for you is like, how often do you notice differences in flavor and pork? Beef pretty stands out to me, mm-hmm. um, big time. But pork, I don't know. Like oh, that's that's an interesting one because uh, we did a whole. <clears throat> study in school about about this on on f- basically finishing the animal on different things so there was like a finish it on corn finish it on uh what we called rubbish which was pretty much just like all the cuttings from all the stuff that we would use and we would just feed it to them and then there was finishing off on hazelnut and mm-hmm. i mean unless you have a really really, really well-developed palate, you're not noticing the difference too much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to notice the corn because of the sugar. And that's kind of what I was, where I was going with that is like, you know, you look at, you look at those massive cow pastures in, in the Midwest and, and pretty much all over the country, actually. Um, but the, the big time, you don't see much grass in those, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, you know... When I used to when I used to do this, my dad, we would have this this cow in a pasture that had grass and they are grazers and they sit there and eat it. And my biggest I think the the biggest conclusion I came to is like the chlorophyll 
of the amount or from the grass that they're eating because of the amount of their, that they're eating through their lifetime is really what's changing that meat. I don't know if that's accurate fully. I know that I can taste the chlorophyll in it. I can, I know it's there. You get that like grassy feeling and, and it's almost like gamey mm-hmm. almost, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you, mm-hmm. when you, I don't know, I, I was, I wasn't brought up in a hunting family, but there was a little point in my life where my, you know, I had stepdads that would, that would hunt a lot and venison. It's very gamey, you know, and very. it's a wild animal versus something that a large corporation is producing, which is not a wild animal. So I'm, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of variables that go into it. You're right about pork though. Pork, it's hard to taste the difference, but, um, there it, it's there. It's there. It's leaner. It's, um, it's not <laughs> the butchering process plays a big part in it. Like how did the, how did, <laughs> how did they butcher it? Did they, you know, was it like, yeah, yeah. Slit the throat. Was it in the back of the head? You know, how, how did that happen? You know, just like, okay. So for instance, with a uh, lobster, when you kill a lobster, you have to do it very quickly or else it releases this hormone that can actually yeah. kill the meat. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's why we boil it. Or that's why, you know, they taught us uh, the most human, humane way to kill a lobster is right on the top of the head. There's actually in, in the line of the shell, there's a cross. And you just put the knife right on that cross and you press down and pull forward and it kills it instantly. And so that, that chemical doesn't get released. But if mm-hmm. you, if you just like, you know, hit it on the head with a hammer or something, you're, that meat's, the meat's done. It's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to decompose before it gets good to eat. Um, and so that butchering process is a huge part of how they're doing it. And we've all seen the food inks and the big documentaries out there about how they're, how they're killing these animals. I wouldn't say it's in, in, in a humane way at all. Um, but why is it tasting so much different? It, it's such a big question. Yeah. There's a lot of debate yeah. on it too. I know the, the, the way that it's slaughtered is a big part of it. And there's a lot of theories on that in itself too. Like even within pork and cattle, like in chickens, like if you don't do it quick and swiftly enough, where does that energy of that yeah. the slaughter go into the meat? But, and how does the blood move but, uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. I also think, isn't it true that when they do have a different diet, it, new omegas yes. uh, come out? So, like, grass-fed beef has different omegas. Mm-hmm. Um, it develops differently that might be offer a more dynamic kind of, like, um, diet when you eat that meat. Like, just kind of, like, the nutrients that's... and things that you're getting from it. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I mean... That's something that people don't really talk about much, but it's it's a really good point. Um, I you know I think for me I just wish that uh, there could be a little bit more of crossover of like you know the meat we buy in the stores versus what we're butchering at home. You know, it just raises a lot of questions. It does. It raises. I think overall, like the mass production of meat is one of the larger uh, complicated industries and we eat a lot of it in the United States all around the world really. I mean it's great. It's got it packs a lot of energy, protein. Yep. It's good. Yep. It works 
for us humans. Um, but it is a, does it need to be every meal? Does it always need to be there? That's no, the question. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it does. I think we can, cause we can find protein in other things. Um, yeah. I think, uh, just like with anything else, I think there needs to be balance. You know, there's, Oh gosh, I saw this, this something that a doctor that I know uh, put up on Facebook talking about how all these things are bad for us. Like vegetables are bad for you. Salt is bad for you, but we should be eating, you know, meat every day, all day. Like it's the carnivore diet. Right. And I don't understand it. I'm challenged by it big time, um, on why it is that we should be eating meat at every meal. I think we need to balance it out because, just like anything else, anything in excessive amounts um, are, are going to show harm after a while, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I would think. But yeah, no, I don't think meat needs to be on every meal. I don't either. And I come from a uh, a very you know I, I lived on a dairy farm. Um, I'm an athlete where we're always talking about how to get the most protein, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, uh, the uh, complete protein. Uh, is you, you can do that in a, in a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Uh, quinoa, yes. quinoa yeah. is a complete quinoa. protein. It'll complete the protein mm-hmm. chain. Um, mm-hmm. you know what? Well, you know one thing that I wonder, and maybe you might have a little insight on this, is at what age in children should you be making sure they get protein in their diet? Like, what do you guys uh, do? I wish my kids ate more protein. Yes. Eat your protein. <laughs> I wish they ate more. Yeah, I, I do too. I wish they they did like they don't. I mean, the best thing they got going for them is whole milk yogurt. Right, know? right. Especially the Greek version. Like yeah. you're you're packing it. Yeah. Um. So that's really it. Like other than that, man. Like I I think about it all the time. It's always a theme. It's always there, available. Uh, because picky eating, it it could be difficult that's for sure yeah and and it's something that like uh you know we've really struggled especially with maddie because she has like five things that she'll eat just based off a textural and the her -hmm. ability to use her tongue is not there and so like for instance she eats three greek yogurts a day like like those those black label ones and that's how that's a big source of protein but for a while, the doctor was having us um, do actual protein shakes for her. Um, mm. And I don't think it was good because, uh, and I don't, I don't think that, I don't think we knew each other at this point, but there was, um, there was a time when we, you know, we started putting her on protein and she started um, becoming a little bit more uh, cognitively aware. I don't, it's hard to explain, but like, um, and she started losing all her hair and this was probably about, Whoa. this was at the age, I think, uh, five or six. And literally I'd be washing her hair in the bath. Clumps were coming out. Wow. And to the point where she had basically one clump that would come down here. And my, now this is a little fun fact. This is why I have a shaved head is because, you know, we sat her down. We, we, for a while, we were just like giving her fun hats to wear to school and all that because we didn't want kids mm-hmm. to like get into it. And, uh, one day, you know, I came home and I looked at her and I go, what do you think we should just, maybe we should just shave her head. It probably, it probably ease a little bit of feeling of what's going on and maybe 
you know, get people to get her to move on a little bit and feel a little more comfortable, you know? And so I looked at her, I said, you want to shave your head? And she got a little nervous. And then I said, I'll tell you what, I'll let you shave my head first. And so she shaved it, shaved her head and uh, uh, just a beautiful moment uh, is that she showed up at school, her entire third grade, uh, third grade uh, class, which was like seven people, mind you, but mm-hmm. they all shaved their head. The teacher shaved the head and the principal of the school shaved their head wow. all just to make her feel comfortable. Now that's a whole side story, but I firmly believe it was because we were giving her too much protein and her body didn't know what to do with it. And we know right. that hair is protein. And so um, we pulled back off that protein and started feeding her different sources of protein. And I don't, you know, the hair started growing back and now it's a freaking rat's nest. That's another topic. But like, yeah. um, but you know, I do think that kids should have protein. I just don't know what age is appropriate to be able to start giving them protein because – Supplements are supplements. They're not supposed to be yeah. in your diet. Or we don't do, uh, yeah, we don't do, I mean, we do vitamins, I guess as a supplement. But yeah, no, we have never even tried protein. I think you just accept what, I mean, every kid's different. So right now it's like, I don't think we have a problem. We just don't eat that much. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, Jack's the same dude. But well, the energy's there. Yeah. You know? I don't so know like how. Chilling. I don't get it. Yeah. Where do they get the yeah. energy from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mind-blowing it's mind so if you stopped eating protein you're gonna you're gonna get some hair (laughs) you're funny no i think mine is more of an age situation um (laughs) you know age look at this yeah i know how old are you uh one year older than you thank you all right well this ain't going away i don't it's weird because nobody else in my family was bald like all my mom's side the uh, full Italian heads, my dad's side, really? he, he had hair all the way through, you know, and until the chemo. And so it's like, whoa, where did it, why is this happening? So I'm wondering like, is it stress? Is it, I, and, and mind you, I don't, I don't eat, I don't drink protein shakes. I might have a protein yeah. bar every now and then, but I don't do that. Like yeah. protein makes my gut weird. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways. All right, dude. Well, 46 minutes. I knew we could talk about nothing for 43 anything. anything. Um, no music this time. Oh, I know. Such a sad, sad day. Because I want to do it. I want I was like, I want to pick a song. Um, for those of you who don't know, we, I got in trouble for putting other people's music on my podcast. So it's, it is what it is. And unfortunately, it's just a thing. Uh, maybe we'll just have to start making our own music. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah who has the time for that um anyway <laughs> sean terrible sean sean you have, yes you have a birthday coming up i do oh sean Woo! shout out Woo! happy birthday to sean uh what yeah. thursday you're thursday. gonna be yeah. turning a a stark 42 40, 42 okay 42 42 you guys doing anything uh, yeah, we're going to go to the warmest lake I can find. Uh, and that's half-ass internet research right there. <laughs> Solid. But, 
Where is the warmest lake? I right now it's Vancouver Lake at sixty seven is what I'm reading, which yeah. is like too cold for me. So yeah. I'm out. But um, the kids might like it. Uh, lake Mayfield. You know where that's at? It's no. it's a little bit uh it's above Kelso. Um but I had the opportunity of going up there uh last November, September, one of those one of those months. Uh, last fall, sixty-four degrees right now. Oh, really? So too cold. Okay. Uh, and wrong. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> you may have to go to like on the other side of no. On the dude, anything near the mountain go is going like, to be cold. Uh, go to like what about what is it? Detroit um, Lake. Oh, <laughs> what a name! <laughs> I'm thinking like. I should like let's just like take a trip spontaneous. Yeah. Go to like Tahiti. Oh hey. There you go. One day. Hey, why don't you just fly to Hawaii? Warm water. Why don't you just take your whole family to Hawaii for ten oh, days? Oh <laughs> now I'll take my uh I'll just take my private jet. <laughs> Solid. Let me know when you Meet have LeBron. that. <laughs> to me okay. All right. That's how we know the podcast is over. So <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I hope you have a great birthday um, and uh, great to be on the mic with you. And yeah, dude, have a great night. Have a great night. Thank you. Thanks.